Just as I said, it's a Father's Day. And many of us know that that those of us who are fathers biologically and are those that are fathers spiritually. But in any case, there's no father without a child. I mean, for you to be called a father, there must be somebody, whether it's a spiritual person or a biological person. So we want to appreciate all the kids that call us fathers in our journey. So thank you, children, for calling us dad. <laughs> but we know that we have a heavenly father that we celebrate, and we love him that. That's our heavenly father. But I'm also to appreciate ladies, because without you, there's no father. <laughs> so we want to appreciate ladies. Uh, as we celebrate Father's Day, my message today is actually dedicated to moms that are wearing two hearts. The moms that are put on the heart of a mom and a father. And there are many. We are two of us in the house, and we only have two young men that are seated there, but we, we know it's a lot of work to be able to do it. Um, when my father died, it took another, another 10 years before my mom followed. But I can tell you, just the 10 years my mom lived without my dad, she struggled a lot. Because trying to put on two hats and yet nobody was at home is not easy. So single parents, single dads or single moms or single, whatever you're there, I want to say thank you for honoring God. And I pray that God will give you wisdom and leadership to look after these young people. And raise them up in God's wisdom as we pray each and every time. All right. So my message today is entitled Finding Your True Identity. Finding Your True Identity. And as a dad, I feel our young people, our generation, the people of tomorrow, if you believe in tomorrow, I believe there's a crisis of identity in the future. There's a crisis of identity. There's a crisis of culture and identity in the future. Why am I saying this? Because the values that we, our parents died for, the things that our parents had to fight so hard to get, to have us carry into generations that are disappearing. I remember growing up as a young boy. My parents, especially my mother, they used to pray every morning in the house. They used to pray for us. They used to read for us the word of God. I remember at school, during parade times, we used to read the Bible. We used to pray before we go to the classroom. I'm glad I'm among those that studied Christian religious education at school. And I'm glad because it was there. But those things are disappearing slowly. 
they're disappearing. And our generation is in crisis of identity. Today, as I talk about identity, I want to remind us that the things that define us, the things that make us who we are, are very temporal. The Bible says in those days, the days when the judges ruled, there was famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. This is according to the book of Ruth chapter 1. And the man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Melon and Kelion. The Ephrathites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Now, Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married the Moabites' women, one named Oropa and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about 10 years, both Melon and Kelion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Sometimes the things that define us are very temporal. And like I said earlier, that our next generation is in crisis of identity. Because the things we value today are not necessarily the things we will value tomorrow. Someone said that fashion in one way can be a form of ugliness. The nice shirt you bought from Maya, those of us who love to shop at Maya in Bendigo, the shirt you bought two years ago probably may not be the same fashion tomorrow. The shoes you spend $500 at the Williams, in two years, they may not be fashionable. It's true. Go and open up your wardrobe. Some of the things that were fashionable two years ago, they're no longer fashionable. And sometimes, some of them, you've never worn them. They're still brand new. Because the things of this world are very temporal. They're very, they're very short-lived. They don't make sense tomorrow. Whether it's beauty, whether it's money. You know, for some of us, money is our identity. When nothing is in the bank, there's no smile on you. You may have a home today, but tomorrow you don't have it. You may have a job today, but tomorrow you don't have a job. You may have family today, but tomorrow it may not be there. Kids grow and move on, and you remain yourself. For Naomi, she walked in this place. She had a husband and two sons. And the next thing, she, was, she had nobody. There may be two foreign ladies, foreigners. 
So what I'm saying, the things that define us, the things that identify us in our, in our life today, they are not necessarily the things that define us tomorrow. For many of us, you know, when you walk with an iPhone and you have an iPad and your upper computer there, you feel, you know, life is... But those things tomorrow, there may be iPhone 20 tomorrow. iPhone 13 may not even make sense today, tomorrow. Am I talking to somebody? The fashion you have today, it will not make sense tomorrow. I want to encourage young people. The things that make sense to us today, they may not necessarily make sense for us tomorrow. But the values that God has put in us, the true identity that God has given us, that God wants us to carry to the next generation. I met a young man and asked him one day in my office that what is one thing that you ask God to give you? And he told me, if God gave me a wife, I'll be one of the most happiest, most happy people in the world. And I asked him, what about when the wife goes and she leaves you? Because it can happen. What if that man comes into your life and they walk away from you? Or God takes them away? What do you do? Because the things of this, yeah, they're important. It may be that job that you value so much for your life. That you want people to call you his excellence, the general manager. And tomorrow the job is declared redundant. It's not there for you. What do you do? It could be that home. It could be that car that makes you, when you drive around it, you want everybody to come and have a selfie next to your car because it's a limousine. It's a Ferrari. When you drive around the city, you want people to feel you. I'm talking to you men as a Father's Day. You're looking at it and brushing it at home. But tomorrow it may not be there. For you to understand the book of Ruth, I want you to to briefly look at the book of Judges because the book of Judges gives us a picture of the book of Ruth. The first line in the book of Judges reads that Joshua had died and Israel had no leader to lead them into the war. Joshua died without passing the leadership on to anybody. But lack of leadership wasn't the only problem. On entering the promised land, the Israelites failed to deliver out all the original inhabitants. And that was a breach of the covenant and disobedience to God. Verse 210 in Judges, it says that after that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers. Another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served birth. This is what I'm talking about. When the identity for a generation disappears, 
He says that after that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done to Israel. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> It's okay. It's called technology. <laughs> we'll get it there. All right. During that time of judges, Israel lost identity, an awful state of affairs for Israel at that time when they were without a king. The Bible says in those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as they saw. Fit. We are living in these days where people are talking about freedom. People are talking, I need my freedom. I need to do what is free for me. Everybody does it as they saw fit for themselves. And remind us, a society without identity, they declare for freedom because they don't want to see any power above them. And that's what Israel did. Israel wanted to have freedom. They wanted to have freedom to worship whatever they wanted to worship. They wanted freedom to have whatever they wanted to do. And that's the rules. Now, one begins like this in the days when the judges ruled because it was a season where the judges were there. There wasn't completed the vacuum judges were ruling at that time. Can I have the next one, Steve, before I press more? (laughs) The book of Ruth gives us hope in our journey. Although it begins a series of setbacks in chapter 1, Naomi and her husband and two sons were forced to leave their home in Judah on account of famine. For some of us, you may not understand. But for me and my family, we understand this. When you leave your home and you go to a foreign land, you, you, you somehow lose your identity. I remember the first time we came around, the food was very different. And uh, I'd carried a charger from home. I found the chargers here different, so it can't even pin to charge the phone. You, you don't sort of find yourself in a crisis because the identity, the things you know, they're not familiar with you. And I'm looking here at Naomi, She's in a foreign land with her children. Her husband has died. Naomi is still mourning her husband. The two boys die. In a foreign land. And I was saying, you know, for many of us, it's very easy when you're home. But you're in a foreign land and things start happening, it can be very tough. I met a, I met a 
back in those days when I was working back in Nairobi as a pastor, I met a young Indian couple. Their first baby died. And they came to the office because they didn't even know where to buy a burial permit or where to buy anything. They're foreigners. And I remember, I remember I went to buy the coffin for them. And when I was going to deliver the coffin with the guy who did the coffin, and people were thinking, why are you carrying a coffin around? Because they, couldn't, they didn't even know where to get a coffin. They didn't even know where the local office is even to buy the permit or everything to do the, the burial service for the child. It can be terrible if you live in a foreign land. And you think of for a moment. Then Naomi's husband dies. Her sons marry Moabite women, and for 10 years the women proved to be barren. And then her sons die, leaving two widows in the house with Naomi. Think for a moment. And that's what I'm saying. Sometime Family is important for us. In our society where I come from, children were identified by men, not ladies. I'm not sure about here, but in those days, if you went to school and you asked, uh, who is your parent? If you said your mother, the teacher will be, you'll be in trouble with the teacher. So you have to say your dad's name because your first name, your family name has to be your father's name. And I never thought about it until much later I wanted to ask myself, what about those kids who don't know actually their father? What do they carry? What about children who don't know their fathers? Because it was so bad that the only name you needed to carry was your father's name. That was your surname. And now the people that Ruth, Naomi had hope in them, the men that were to carry the name of the family, and the two sons that were to carry the name of the identity of the family, they've died and they never had children. It's a crisis in itself. Listen what Naomi calls, says here, don't call me Naomi B, she told them. Call me Mara, meaning bitter. I went away full, and the Lord has brought me back empty. The Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Friends, you have to understand when you're away. You probably may not. It's tough for this lady. It's hard. So what can we learn today as parents, dads, moms, spiritual parents, what we learn today from this story? The first thing I want to encourage us today, when you find your true identity, setbacks and challenges of life cannot deter you from following your God. 
Because the, tra- the, the, the true identity is not tagged on the things that are temporary. It's not tagged on money. It's not tagged on the property you have. It does not, it's not tagged on things you own. The true identity is not tagged on your health. When challenges and setbacks of love c- come, for many of us, you want to change your name, like, like Naomi. You want to find a wholesome and hide. And that's why Naomi is saying in verse 21 that I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? I want to imagine this lady. You left your community back in Israel. You've left, you've walked to this community with a husband and two sons, and you're walking back alone. How is the community going to receive you? In, in fact, in many communities, they stone you. You've killed their own. Others who call you a witch. How dare you kill our children and come back to us? I want to tell you, for those of us who may not understand, those days, widows were treated badly. Widows were treated so badly that to an extent that if you lost your husband, you not even enter into somebody's house. And you have to dress in a particular way as a widow. You have to dress in a particular way as a widow. And now you're walking back to your community as a widow, and also you've lost the keys that were carrying the identity of that family with nothing. The community can disown you and say, we don't even know who you are. As, as looking at even in my own culture, And some of the culture is still happening today that when your husband died, you had to stay with your father-in-law for the rest of your life because the community will not accept you. I want to encourage us today when the bitterness of life and the challenges of life come, share your frustration with God. People will smile at you. People will smile with you. But people will judge you because of what is happening. But God will listen. God will listen. Even with those these setbacks and challenges, Naomi stood firm. And that's what Ruth saw in her and said, Don't ask me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I'll go. And where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die. And there, I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it so. There's something special that rules so in her mom, her mother-in-law. 
That even with all these challenges that were happening around her, she saw something special. She saw something that, that was not the same. She saw God still reigning in this lady. She was still faithful. Even as much as she was bitter, she was talking to God. Someone said that stars are seen clearly in the dark or at night. And sometimes during the hardest moment is when the one that lives within me becomes bigger. Friends, when you go through challenges, when we get the setbacks, when things are happening around us, how we deal with those things determines who lives in us. If you feel bitterness, anger, and frustration, people, is gonna, people will see frustration and anger and bitterness. But if you call the Spirit of God in you, if they, you identify with the Spirit of God, if you want to live for that spirit and you take your frustration to God, people may not understand, but people will see that God in your life. And that's what Naomi did. Naomi stood firm for that. The second thing is finding our true identity helps us know that God looks at us and loves us equally. I mentioned earlier, say that those days, the identity of the community was carried by the men. The men in the community carried the identity of the community. But the men who are meant to carry the identity were not honoring God. So if men who are meant to carry the identity do not honor God. Do you think God will steal and say, you know what, carry my name with you? I want to invite you men. Being a father is important. As we celebrate Father's Day today, it's always good to be a father. But God has given a big responsibility on men than even women. Because the image and the identity is put in each of you men is so big that it's looking out to you. And how you're going to carry that identity to the next generation. If there was, it's it's going to be a punishment. As men, I think probably a punishment will be more double than women. Because that image that you're given to carry for society has not been carried. And that's why these men in this community, they never carried the identity that God gave them. And God told them, it's not about you, man, the identity is about me. And I can use Naomi herself to actually carry that channel and channel that identity to the next level. So the message today as men, you know, God looks at all of us equally. Whether you have a disability or not, whether you're young or old, in God's eyes you are the same. You know, for many years, the society has looked at women and children and dressed differently. And then you do the grading. You fall under this category, you fall under this category. 
I want to say that is between you and yourself. Before God, there's no race. Before God, there's no gender. He, looking, he looks at us as one person. James 1, 2, 27 says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. The world is going to pollute us with the things of this world. Like I said, in many societies, women are being treated badly because man, the men want to be on top there. The men want to rule, the men want to be... And women are treated like you second class. But God is inviting all of us to look at each other's family and look at him as the only father in heaven for us. And the last thing I want to share with us before I finish, that when you find your true identity, you find your purpose. When you find your true identity, you find your purpose. We look at the life of Naomi and Ruth. They felt useless. They found there was no purpose in life. And at some point, they were picking after the farmers, falling behind them. Some of us may not understand how that means. Myself, I've picked after people, after the harvest. I've done it before. And I can tell you, it's not easy. It's embarrassing when farmers have taken all the grain and you have to go back and pick after them. This is what Ruth was doing in order to look after her mother, Naomi. You know, when you find your purpose, you not allow sin to tarnish you. When you know your purpose, it's like buying shoes and you don't know where you bought shoes. How many of us buy shoes and you don't know where you buy shoes? Or you buy a kind you don't know, no, no, this is just for, this is my trophy at home. You polish it, you clean it, and you leave it there. I want to encourage all of us, as a society, as a community, the things we value as a community that's so important for us. And when we find our true identity in Christ, we understand our purpose. That's when you have the Bible, you read it. For many of us, you know, you can have your Bible and have it at home. You can have a prayer book and have it at home and, you, and keep it without looking at it. Or buy a tractor and keep it at home as a trophy. It's true. A friend of mine those days in Kenya, um, when cars were very dear, a friend of mine actually put up a beautiful home a stone house. And he told me he's going to buy an old Mercedes. An old Mercedes that is not moving. Wrecked Mercedes and just parking there. So that when the kids grow up, they'll be asking, they'll be knowing that this was used by daddy's car. Even if he doesn't drive it. <laughs> it's true. It's a true story. He said, you know what? I've never owned a vehicle, but if I get a scrap 
But see, this Benz, I just park it there. When kids grow up, my grandkids will be saying, well, that's used with my daddy's car. When you know a purpose, you start to understand how valuable you are. You start to see the things that God values. And I'm saying as a church, if you believe that God values reading his word, please, let's read the word of God. If you believe that God values prayer, let's pray. If you believe that God values worship, let's worship God. If you believe that God values people, let's value people. Because that's what God has created us for. Naomi and Ruth sat on to assign their value. The Bible says that Ruth remained faithful until the, she found Boaz, the Redeemer. In Ruth chapter 4, verse 13, and says that Boaz and Ruth got married and together had a son. His name was Obedi. He was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David. Can you see how God has put that identity together? And for those of us who understood the, 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 the channel through, David has come. David to some extent, has allowed us to actually have Jesus. He took a lady by the name Naomi who said that I'll not give up. I'll wear the two hats. I'll be the father and the man and, and still rally and still find my purpose and my identity. And she stood firm. The Bible says Naomi and Ruth remain faithful to their call. I want to encourage us as people, when things come in our life, when challenges come around us, if we truly identify the Christ, let's not allow the challenges that are happening around us deter us from serving God. Ruth never allowed being a widow in the society that hated Probably I would never appreciate the widows. She stood the ground. Naomi stood the ground. The two of them worked as a team and they fulfilled the promise. They fulfilled the, what God has promised for us. And together we see Ruth and Boaz come together and they get a son eventually that carried the identity of the house through David, Jesse, David, and we find Jesus. So as I finish, I want you to stand up, but I want to encourage you, if you can play for me the last video, if it's possible. Just a short video before we go. Growing up as a child, I would be quite envious of everybody else around me who had arms and legs, including my brother and sister at times. I was born without limbs for no medical reason, and I hated God. So why did he give me less? What did I do to deserve that? Today, I stand before you without arms and legs, but a very strong man because of the bad days in my life. You will have good days and you'll have bad days, but you will always learn something more or something new, and you will learn more overall on bad days than good days. You will learn more about yourself, you'll learn more about relationships, you'll learn about life and principles, and it'll build your character. But I tell you, there are some times in life where you fall down, feel like you don't have the strength to get back up. Do you think you have hope? 
Because I tell you, I'm down here, face down, and I have no arms, no legs. It should be impossible for me to get back up. It should be impossible for me to get back up, but it's not. You see, I will try 100 times to get up, and if I fail 100 times, if I fail and I give up, do you think that I'm ever going to get up? No. For as long as I try, there's always that chance of getting up. And it's not the end until you've given up. If you didn't go what you've gone through, you wouldn't be who you are today. You may have arms and legs, but unless you know three things. Number one, who are you and what your value is? Number two, what is your purpose here in life? And number three, what is your destiny when you're done here? If you don't know the answers of any of those three questions, you're more disabled than I. I've gone from a life without limbs into a life without limits. What about you? Let's stand on our feet as we finish. And I want to invite the team to come and lead us. I want you to pray. And my prayer today, that we not allow the circumstances around us to define who we are. That the challenges we go through will not define us. The setbacks that we face as a community, the things we go through, whether it's COVID, whether it's family, the things that we face as a community, they will not deter us from doing what God has called us to do. They only define us because God has already defined you and I to be why we are today. God has given you an image that he created in the beginning. His own image in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. He says, in, we decide to make you and I in the likeness of God. So my prayer today, If you want to move that identity to the next level, God is willing to partner you and I to move that identity to the next level. But you can choose not to because God is not waiting for you. God can use anybody. If God used Naomi and Ruth, people that were outcast in the community, people that were never accepted as widows, people that nobody would even allow them to end their house and use them to carry his identity, God can use any of us. I want to pray that God will help you and I to stand in the gap of our next generation, that the identity of the next generation is between you and I to take to the next level. Father, thank you today. I thank you because you called upon us, especially dads who are here today, to take our position in the community, in the society. But Lord, even as you demonstrated if some of them are not taking their place, you're not shying away from using anybody, just the way you use Naomi and Ruth. But today I want to pray that those dads that are standing here today, they'll put up their hands and say, God, I'm ready to take my place and do my part. And I pray, God, that may you give them wisdom and direction, Father. And I pray as a community, as a church today, Father, we'll do our part not only to carry the values, but even to live those values in our own journey. I continue to pray for our young people in our community. We pray for schools today, God. We want to lift up your name as a community. And we pray that may this Father's Day be a reminder of the work that you're doing in our lives, oh God. May your name continually be glorified, even in these challenging times. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen.